a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Returning remains. Using today's technology to find yesterday's missing heroes. BYU's genealogy program helps identify the remains of American soldiers lost long ago in combat. Here's Brian Martin on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. Brian Martin right here with you on this Saturday. Uh, let's talk with uh, Kira Hoffelmeyer yet again. I want to get a little bit, uh, just a couple minutes of what some of the students at this BYU genealogy program, what it's like for them, some of the emotion that might be involved in contacting some of these families who are waiting to be reunited with their loved ones. Here again is Kira Hoffelmeyer. No man left behind. It's a military mantra and a phrase that echoes in the ears of researchers at Brigham Young University's Center for Family History and Genealogy. We are still working since World War II to help retrieve whatever information can be retrieved to give peace and uh, closure to these families. Donna Henniger is one of the researchers who works at the center. For the last year, she and others have worked with the Department of Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency to connect families to the remains of World War II soldiers who went missing in action. BYU's fellow on the repatriation project, Lisa Stokes, says there is one course of actions families took right after the war to find their loved ones. When they wanted to know what happened with their family member, they would write the War Department or the Casualty Office. And the Casualty Office would save the letters in the file. And they may do a carbon copy back to them, and there may be a copy of that in the file. Stokes says the letters extend past the soldier's life. They give clues to where a soldier could have lived before the war or the names of relatives associated with them. 73 years later, that's become easier because of technology but it's also more difficult. Research assistant Savannah Larson says sometimes people just don't understand what they're doing or why they're trying to connect with them. There's some of them that the family is not as typical as we imagine it, and so the family was all broken up, and they don't really remember. Or there's just, it's just a lot of time, and so other things are happening, and... Sometimes it's just a little bit too far removed. The researchers at BYU say the genealogy is the easy part. Henniger says by the time she's making a call about the case, she feels so connected to the family and soldier. We get very close to these families, but when we reach out to call them, we are nobody to them. And so we almost have to work. We already feel like we have a relationship with these families. 82,000 soldiers are unaccounted for from World War II. The Defense Department believes under half of those are even recoverable. Sons, uncles, brothers, and dads. The search continues for thousands of families. Over 400 of those? Utahns. The DPAA will host a family meeting in April 2019 here in Salt Lake City. For more information, you can go to dpaa.mil. 
I'm Kira Hoffelmeyer for KSL News Radio. Hi, and welcome back. It is Brian Martin here, uh, along with BYU history professor Jill Crandall. We're talking about BYU using genealogy to reconnect MIA soldiers with families. We're grateful again to our friends over at the VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System for helping us out with this great program here. Professor Crandall, this is a really cool thing for the students in the genealogy program at BYU. I'm sure you have a lot of them who are probably going down some paths that they may or may not have expected to be going down as they're really learning about some of these families that they're trying to reunite here. It's very interesting. As we're assigned the cases, um, the files that we're given have varying amounts of information in them. There's several standard forms that are filled out. We have some next-of-kin information. Every once in a while, there are letters in the files that the family has written to the DPAA asking for information about their soldier, giving information about the family that might help identify their soldier, things like that. And so as these students receive these files, they're reading some some really tender things um, that are being expressed by these families who have lost loved ones. And um, I, I know that there have been tears shed for these families that we don't know, but we come to love as we study their families and learn to identify who their family members are and what happened to the family members because we're looking for living members. And so we find out how many of the family members are deceased yeah. and how they died. We're looking at obituaries and in public newspapers and um, various sources. But we learn about the family and their lives and what happens to them and and actually just come to love and really care about them. It's really a lot of those details that you're talking about, maybe even some of those intimate letters that really help kind of paint the picture of who exactly it is you're looking for and how genealogy can be used along with this DNA to try to reunite some of these families with these soldiers. Yes. Finding the correct DNA donors is dependent on the genealogy being accurate. And so um, the students are in a mentored learning situation. Um, we are using our most advanced students. They're usually in their senior year. Occasionally they're in their junior year. Um, they are selected because of their abilities, and they are still mentored um, regularly. There's, there's regular meetings throughout the case. Um, two students checking each other. The fellow who is working with them, Lisa Stokes, um, does a lot of mentoring. Um, she checks all the cases and guides them in their research, and then they come through me for checking as well to make sure that we've got high-quality information mm -hmm. because otherwise the DNA samples aren't going to match correctly. So yeah. we have to have the right people. But you see tears, I mean, I, I would assume occasionally in yes. the classroom as they're learning about these families, right? Yes, we do. Um, although this isn't really done in the classroom so mm -hmm. much, um, this research is done through the Center for Family History and Genealogy, which is an employment academic research unit. And the students are actually employed. They're being paid student wages while they work on these cases. But they are tender moments. They are um, emotional as we learn about people who participated in these events that we only read about in history books. Wow. So cool. All right. I'm here with uh, BYU history professor Jill Crandall. We're talking about BYU using genealogy to reconnect MIA soldiers with families. When we come back, there's a family event in Salt Lake City coming up in just a few months where you can learn about a missing soldier in your family. We're going to talk about that coming up next on Returning Remains, using today's technology to find yesterday's missing heroes when we come back right after this.